0: about how ongoing talent shortages are contributing to major customer service problems in organizations. Vasily Triant, welcome to the conversation today.
1: Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm super excited to be chatting with you about how the ongoing talent shortages are contributing to the customer service problems in organizations. Of course, we're in the middle of the great resignation, the great reawakening. Um, but the reality is it's a tight labor market. It's hard for organizations to get, to get and keep good talent. And, you know, especially in those industries hit the hardest by the pandemic where, they lost a lot of people, it's been hard to ramp back up. And so when we think about customer service and we think about retail, we think about hospitality, we, you know, those types of industries, it's it's been a challenge. So we're going to explore all this together and and try to figure out what we can do about it uh, to to ease the pain and the the struggles that organizations are facing. And uh I think it'll be a fun conversation. You're joining us from Austin, Texas. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. As we get started, I wanted to share facilities bio with everybody. As Chief Operating Officer of UJET, Vasily Triant oversees all go to market activities, including sales, channel, alliances, and customer success. He is passionate about empowering customers by providing innovative tools and technology that deliver one of a kind experiences. Prior to UJET, he held key roles at Cisco, Shortel, LiveOps, and Serenovo, Serenova,
1: where he served as CEO. Audience, before we dive on in. Look, I think at the end of the day, I just love you know the whole subject of customer experience, and I I really don't look at myself as an executive, but more as you know a consumer of products and services, and you know how we engage those brands is is the customer experience, right? And and so that's like a lot of my drive. It's just you know kind of help our personal lives be better. Well, I like that. We were all customers, right? Yeah,
0: uh, we're all customers. We all want. We all know what it's like to have a really horrible experience. We all have our war stories to share with each other about that, you know, that time we had a horrible customer service interaction or someone was rude to us or whatever. Right. Um, And it's fun to kind of complain about that. But the reality is in the current context uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to know, like, do I complain because someone just isn't stepping up doing what they need to? Or do I try to be patient and show some empathy and compassion because someone's working a double shift because other people didn't show up or they're understaffed? <laughs> like,
1: yeah. um,
0: you know, I want to be generous and I want to be as as uh, lenient and forgiving as possible. But at other times, you know, things just aren't going the way we wanted them to at all um and that's frustrating so it 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 really is a challenge and you talked about customer experience i think that's so important um but it it relates very directly to the people in our organizations and it relates very directly to the the uh employee experience within our organizations the two are linked and intermarried and if you have a poor employee experience if you have trouble attracting and retaining good talent within your organization guess what you're probably going to have a really crummy customer experience uh, with the products and services you're, you're putting out there into the market. So the two go hand in hand. We're going to unpack that and try to figure out all that out together today. So let's start um, by talking a little bit more about customer service problems. Again, we've all experienced challenging customer service situations. Um, let's talk about the airline industry. Uh, it's been covered widely in the media, talent shortages with Not only pilots—that's actually a huge problem—but also with the the agents uh, at various stages in the the airport and for the airlines and and all of that. How are ongoing talent shortages contributing to those types of issues? For example, specifically within the airline industry.
1: Well, God, there's there's so many things to kind of unpack when you get to the airline industry because you know on one dimension we have a talent shortage across just the call center space, right? We did, there was lots of layoffs during COVID. Everybody went home, you know, people kind of hunkered down and then all of a sudden things started to come back, but they came back in certain industries quicker than others, like came back in retail faster, for example, than airlines, because there was lockdowns on travel and and entry to to a lot of different places. So the staffing up of people, you know, was, was much more delayed. And so what you were left with was, who really needed a job combine that with the inflation issues going on globally right now customer service you know employees don't get paid a lot of money right so it's you're now warring for talent against a lot of other jobs where you could stay home right I mean you could do apartment finding and get paid you know more money than being a customer service job which now people want you to go back into the into the office or you have to have a lot more requirements for things at your home now you bring in the other dimension which is, As a business, though, you know, like the flights themselves are having problems getting staffed. So you're canceling flights, you're rescheduling flights, you're delaying flights. And all of that comes to the customer service people. So you have, you know, on on average, right, a typically lower wage than, you know, other professional jobs, typically high turnover, even in a good economy. Now it's exacerbated by you have less employees and an influx of demand to talk to people, right? And you're not talking to happy people. It's not like people call up and say, thank you so much for making my flight on time, right? It's calling up and they're ticked that they're, you know, they went to the airport and their flights are canceled. Or I've heard things like, you know, reschedule multiple times and people are waiting at the airport five to eight hours. And uh, so you're not dealing with with fun things. And so what happens Hey, I'm getting paid $18, $15, $16 an hour. I'm done. I can go flip burgers for $20 an hour right now. Like, why do it? I can go to an Amazon warehouse for $22 an hour. So, there's there's a lot of dimension there. And so, the, the problem with talent is a combination of, especially in the airline space, all those factors. Oh, and by the way, let me layer one more thing on top of it. Now you're sitting there, you're answering those unhappy customers, and you have all these kind of archaic systems that you're trying to Pull together to figure out like what's the problem, right? Like let me get to this screen, let me get to that screen. So you throw up your hands, right, and and you kind of move on. So that's that's the factors affecting the space.
0: Yeah, and you've you've already alluded to some of the, those factors, you know, about why customer service role retention and turnover is such a challenge, say, in comparison to other types of roles. Uh, but maybe we can unpack that even a little bit more. Uh, why? Why is turnover in customer service roles just so much higher? Uh, like you said, even pre-pandemic, it was a challenge uh, for certain types of roles. Uh, I've, In a previous life, I've had many of those types of roles in different jobs that I had when I was younger. Um, they were not always the funnest jobs, so that's part of it. The pay is part of it. Uh, wh- what, what do you think is going on there in customer service? service um that makes it even harder right now you know as we're coming out of the pandemic and trying trying to ramp things back up but also experiencing high inflation economic downturn all that kind of stuff
1: yeah so i mean one you know the tr- traditionally the positions have not been looked at as highly skilled positions right so you're you're you know bringing in people to answer calls it's seen as a cost center rather than a driver of lifetime value in a business so the value placed on the, on the people there and training and kind of career progression is just not as high. And, you know, you're typically talking to 50 to 100% employee turnover on an annual basis pre pandemic. Right. So it's, it's a monotonous position that, you know, you're not getting a lot of great tools. You're not getting, you know, tons of training minus, you know, here's how you use your systems and you're on the front line. You're, you're, I mean, if you want to like kind of liken it to a battlefield, you're literally the front line, Battlefield resources, dealing with the first shot. Again, like I mentioned before, when someone's frustrated is when they call the customer service department, not when they're happy, right? When they're happy, they might post to Facebook, you know, love, you know, XYZ airline. When they're frustrated, they're calling and they're kind of lighting up. Now they may be frustrated at the company, but you're the person taking that, right? And you're responsible for, you know, making the person happy. And even when you finish that interaction, think about this this other part of it. You may solve the problem. I may make you happy, John, and reschedule your flight. But do I thank you? Do I? Am I like, oh, thank you so much? That was a great interaction. You're like, yeah, okay, bye. Haven't you know you you you're still frustrated. You're stuck in an airport. You got a lot of other things going on as as the customer there. So it's um you know sometimes we talk about thankless jobs. I mean it's it's a you know for a lot of you know people it's a thankless job and a lot of outsourced jobs, right? So you're talking. You know, lots of calls, heavy hours, you know, sitting in your button seat all day long, you know, in a tiny cubicle. So it's, uh, it it is monotonous too.
0: Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as. As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Things are kind of stacking the deck against customer service jobs and making it really hard to attract and retain some good people so we can solve the the problems of our customers, right? And that's what everyone wants. We want innovative products and services, but we want to deliver them in a really positive way, have a good customer experience so we can foster brand loyalty and customer loyalty and commitment. How how do we go about doing that? How can brands tackle that turnover to increase? to improve, you know, their customer service departments and how can perhaps technology be better utilized to help get us there.
1: Yeah, I think one shift that is starting to happen but not as big as it, as it should be, you know, especially me being kind of like a huge proponent for customer experience transformation is really changing the mindset that it's a cost center to that it's a driver of lifetime value, right? If you think about all the money we stick into sales and marketing and all these positive messages and come love my brand, if you took that same emphasis that sales and marketing drives the acquisition of revenue for our company, customer experience drives the retention and growth of that revenue over time, right? You have great experiences, you buy more products. And if we start looking at that department as a driver of lifetime value, One, it'll change the investment just as a general rule of thumb within there. And that could be to everything from talent tools, processes, and so on and so forth. Once you do that, now you can bring in the tools and look at like, okay, what are the things that are super frustrating? Well, there's two parts that start it all. One is process and two are tools, right? And understanding that you and I have events that go on pre that interaction that start creating emotional... Events with us, right? They can be happy or they can be, you know, frustrating. And then once you get to that agent, right? You're you're already kind of in one state or another. So if you stay on hold too long, if you have too many menus to get to somebody, you just get frustrated, right? It doesn't matter who picks up the phone; they can be happy or they can be sad. It doesn't matter. Like you're going to potentially light off. So, like my worst experience so far in my 22 years, which only happened, I think, four months ago, I was on hold for an hour and 45 minutes. I'm not kidding. Hour and 45 minutes. Um, it was a state department, state of Missouri, um, but I waited on hold for an hour forty five minutes, right? Staffing issues, too many inbound things, and you just sat there. So I mean, I wasn't exactly happy when i when I got there. The second thing is like so so that's um you know, one piece. The other piece is getting those simple interactions and just getting rid of them. They don't need to get to a person. And if you get rid of a lot of these simple interactions, and by the way that's a combination of technology and process then what comes to the agent is something that actually needs their skill and you can you know you have less demand now on live agents and so it actually can help you with your staffing because you may not need as many live agents right if if everybody coming through is trying to like for example reschedule a flight that obviously just got canceled you can find ways to skip steps you can find ways to maybe auto like allow people to change things right leveraging things like virtual agents and voice chat and otherwise you can take simple transactions and dish them off the next part is if you give them the tools to do their job easier and quicker then it just it's just going to make the process more enjoyable for both sides right now you can leverage all kinds of bits of technology the, the integration of systems and data so that agents have more stuff at their fingertips right away the leveraging of ai to provide next best response to the agent, because maybe they don't know the answer, but they don't need to kind of go looking around for it. Like just tee it up to them on the screen. The majority of call centers, especially in the airline industry are still using legacy systems and legacy processes. And when I mean legacy systems, I don't mean, you know, someone might be listening to this and say, oh, we're already on cloud. Okay. That's an infrastructure decision, not like you didn't modernize your system. Are you leveraging you know, AI, are you leveraging modern processes and automation to engage your customers? Like, do you know that Vasily is in the Atlanta airport and was supposed to go on that flight when he called in and you got the person that is like, you automatically dedicated a group to that, you know, situation, you know, because of a weather pattern or something like that. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I have a, a insurance carrier. I deal with been dealing deal with them for 27 years. I've timed it like clockwork that you cannot get to a live agent for two minutes and 11 seconds, two minutes and 11 seconds. Every single time, doesn't matter what I'm calling in for homeowner, car, auto, life insurance, doesn't matter. It's two minutes, 11 seconds because of the amount of IVR queues and pre information that they tee up. By the way, one of them is what's your member number, right? And they know we've authenticated with your phone number. You know what the first thing you do every time they pick up the phone? What's your can I get your name and and they reauthenticate me every single time? And I'm like, I just wasted two minutes, eleven seconds. And you might not think that's a big deal, but it is a big deal depending on what's going on during the day, right? It's not like I can just make a quick phone call and get it done. So these are some very, very simple things. The biggest part, though, shifting the perception that customer support or or contact center, or whatever is a cost center. The second part gets into process changes.
0: You just yeah, identified a whole bunch there. Uh, that I think is really important. And some of that really leads into, you know, what what we what things might be looking like, how we're leveraging technology and the infrastructure and the systems. Uh what what does the future of customer service look like for you? I mean, you go back 10, 15 years and it was big call centers, for example. And I had some of those jobs myself when I was younger 20 years ago or so. Um Nowadays, you know, there's more remote work options for call center employees. So that's probably a fairly significant change that's happened over the last decade or so. What are some of the other types of changes and and where do you see things going for the future of customer service uh, in the near future?
1: Yeah, I well, there's where I see them going, where I want them to go. They might be a little bit two different things. But look, long story kind of quick is we have to get to predictive, proactive customer care which accounts for a little bit of automation but the reality is take the data blend everything you have together and then maybe answer my customer service problem before i get to you right like you don't need to wait for me to call right i mean it's kind of like one of those things like if you released a product and it had a bug and you're like oh my god i don't really want to go into work on money how many people are going to call me like you know we just had a bug in our you know, smartphone or whatever else it may be, you already know what's going to happen. Find all the customers that have that issue and just reach out to them proactively. And then you don't have to worry about them calling in. And by the way, if you came to me proactively before I ever saw it, I would actually be pretty happy. Years ago, I worked at this company and we found we had this emergency services bug. I mean, it was like almost catastrophic. Like if you picked up a phone and dialed 911, it would crash the system like the phone system itself. And we debated, we had this long debate about what we should do. And the end result was, it was, we said, we need to reach out to every customer and everybody was so worried that everybody's gonna be so mad. It actually had the opposite effect. Everybody was so happy and thankful that we had reached out to them because they had never seen the bug yet. And, you know, cause obviously dialing 911 from in your office isn't like an everyday occurrence. Um, but they were like super happy. And that's where customer experience needs to go is, being proactive and taking all the events that come up. And, I, and I'll use an example. Right? like, I fly to Chicago a lot. And in Chicago, if a storm's coming in and there's lightning, 100% of the time regional airlines are getting grounded. It's just going to happen. There's going to be delays and groundings. Um, then it's, the mid sized jets, typically the internationals will allow to be still land, you know, at the time, but until depending how much the lightning is, right? If you see a weather pattern coming in, it's pretty predictable. One, you could staff up your call center. Two, you could automatically be looking at everybody flying in and out of there and determining rerouting options and proactively reaching out to every single customer, regardless of status, by the way. It doesn't matter if you're global services or 1K or Premier Platinum or whatever diamond member, whatever airline you fly. Like you could literally get predictive about it or like hurricanes coming in. There are a couple of insurance companies that have started doing some of this, right? Hurricane or snowstorm or whatever it may be is coming into an area like know all your customers in the area who have a policy with you and proactively be thinking about coverage. Um, you know, what other, you know, I'm going to need adjusters. I'm going to need people on the phone to answer those calls. And you could literally like shift things train people up on what the area looks like. You know, what's the type of demographic of people. How do we want to talk to them? Do we want to SMS chat, you know, WhatsApp, whatever the things might be. So that's where things will get to. I would love to get them sooner. Cause I, I mean, the technology exists today. We're all, we're all expecting it, right? We, we do expect it as humans, but we're just not getting it because there's not many brands that like really tee that up to you. So until, one company gets there within a given vertical let's talk about the airline industry which traditionally is pretty poor customer service um one person does it and leads a charge everybody else will go right so
0: well and maybe that's the answer but enacting change in the customer service department is really difficult why is it so hard and maybe it just takes that first one to to step out and then it changes the expectation for everyone and everyone else has to follow along I guess. How do we get there?
1: Yeah, look it's it's about it's about risk aversion, right? And so when you get into spaces where the people leading customer experience have been in it for a long, a long time, they're risk adverse. If I make a change, I mean, if you think about this for a moment, if you make a change to your contacts and your customer service department and it doesn't go well, like you're going to be getting bullets and missiles fired at you like left and right, right? So there's not if you mess up, there's a lot of pain. And if you get it right, like you and maybe a few people congratulate yourselves and it'll you know kind of be a tidal wave down the road of positive feedback and people might consider you a thought leader and things like that. But the risk adverseness in most industries is really high, right? Financial, travel, healthcare. I mean, like very, very risk adverse. So it's, It's a combination of usually what changes it is new companies enter that fray. They don't have to be risk adverse, nothing to lose, right? They're trying to make a change, right? And that's what you've seen change in on-demand technology and retail is the new brands come in and they enact that change. So it's one of two things, either someone new comes in and drives it, or there's all of a sudden a thought leader that comes up that is willing to take the risk and not punished for some of the speed bumps you might hit along the way, right?
0: Yeah. And that's, that's hard you're right. And people are resistant to change anyways. And when we're talking about new technology integrations and all of those things, it just adds to the complexity of all of this and, and, and why people may not be willing to really dive on in. And there's also just the component of, of, of businesses being willing to invest in this. And it actually, it kind of boggles my mind a little bit. So for example, when we talk about employee experience, like, I'm an HR guy. Like it it makes perfect sense to me. Treat your people well, treat them with dignity and respect, pay them fairly, um, you know, give them a job with meaning and purpose, design good jobs. All of that makes perfect sense. You have better employee experience. It drives a lot of positive outcomes for organizations, but that takes investment into Mm. the people management processes of the organization. The same thing applies in terms of customer service. And if you want a good customer experience, you have to invest into that, creating that customer experience, which means you have to have good customer service people and systems in place, which means you have to invest in it. And yet we don't see that investment all the time. And it kind of blows my mind because they're the front lines interfacing with the the people buying your product or service. And if, if, if your customers don't have the good experience, they're going to go somewhere else. So why, why do you think organizations still just aren't seeming to value customer service for business as much as they, really like we think they should. And what do we do
1: about that? Yeah. Look, I mean, on this part, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give my opinion. I I can't say it's fact because I'm not in a company running the customer service department. Right. And, and, you know, my executive telling me one way or another, but everything goes with ebbs and flows depending on kind of the economic cycle. I mean, if you think about it right now, I mean, if we take the airline industry, no one's struggling for revenue, right? Like, I mean, flights are booked up a normal flight, Right now, that would normally cost me about $500 is, is literally, I looked at the other day, it's $3,000. Like, there's there's so much demand for travel. So, like, like, do you really need to change, candidly? Like, it's not like you're really trying to attract new customers. I just need to keep the ones I have. Now, when we get to periods of down cycle, right, when things are like, all of a sudden, the economy's not as rich or employees aren't just jumping for jobs, right? Then you're then you kind of spend more time saying, "I need to retain these customers. I need to grow because the demand is is not as high. I hate to see it that it takes us to get to that point that customer experience becomes great. but I will say anytime there's a down cycle in the economy is when actually customer service improves. When there's an up cycle, everything goes to like push people off, deflection, automation like i mean if you think about the early 2000s when we had the big boom, everybody went to like wanting to push people away from any live interaction customer experience started to tank. The global financial crisis hit Every you know, things just went into the tank. Everybody's like, we need customers. How do we get customers create amazing experiences, right? Things like Zappos and Uber and Lyft and all these other things kind of came about. Now we're in this economic boom cycle. And guess what? Things are like falling apart again, whether it doesn't matter what industry you're in construction, real estate, like, I mean, it's like, I'm too busy, like to handle any of the work. So um, it's either a new company's going to come about and really pave the way or a thought leader within a space or candidly, there'll, there'll be another economic cycle where people will turn and value that customer experience.
0: Yeah. And let's not wait to be compelled to do this, I think, is the message mm-hmm. that, you know, I want to share. Let's be proactive about it. Let's lead out in the space and not be afraid of positive changes that are going to, you know, that can really impact Um our organization, but also our customer base and help us to grow our reputation, help us to grow uh, uh, you know, our brand and, and have more loyal and committed customers for the long term.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think one of the big things, John, kind of like, sorry, one more point I was just going to make is in any of these situations is for us to separate ourselves from our professional life and just think about ourselves as an end user. Like, how would I want to be treated? you know, if I called into to my own company or something and they didn't know who I was. If you do that, everything's really simplified, right? Too many times you just get stuck in kind of marketing messages and in our professional, like, you know, we overcomplicate things sometimes and it's pretty simple, right? It's how you, how do you want to be treated? Treat people with
0: dignity and respect, treat everyone kindly. <laughs> it's not too complicated. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's hard because it's hard work and it's, it's, uh, Un, often undervalued work and and it's often underappreciated work. And so, as organizational leaders, let's put more attentiveness, you know, more strategic attention to it, and uh, treat our people better in the customer service roles. Let's invest in them and help our organization to thrive. Uh, this has been a really great conversation. I appreciate you sharing all of your insights with me and my audience. Anything um, you would like to close with, and then let us know how uh, the. Uh, audience can get in touch with you and find out more about your work. Uh, and then we'll wrap up.
1: Yeah, no worry. I, I mean, obviously I'm the CEO of UJet. I'm on LinkedIn, Vasily Tryon or Twitter uh, at Vasily you know, Please feel free to reach out to me. Happy to just have a casual conversation or engage in any of the customer experience transformation ideas that people may have.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. I encourage listeners and in- the viewing audience to reach out to get connected find out more about what Vasily and his team can do for you at UJET and as always I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day and I hope you all have a great week you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level and please leave a review